One day, my brother and I were at Ocean City, Maryland, body surfing in the waves. And he decided that he was going to wear his hat into the, into the ocean. And somewhere about midday, his hat fell off, was lost in the current, drifted out to sea. We returned later that night to have some beers down by the ocean. As we're walking along, checking out the waves, we look down and what's there but his favorite hat. Fender hat. We found it again about 10 hours later. And if it returns, it's yours forever. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hey, Joe. What's going on, buddy? Uh, not much. Buddy old pal. Old pal of mine. <laughs> we are the worst starters of podcasts I know, ever. I know. Right next to me is my good buddy, Chris. That's me. Is that That's how me. we're going to do it now? No, no. No? I don't, I don't want to steal it from Hobo Radio. Okay. Let uh, them have their thing. And, how about, how about, and now that's not going to be true because Joel is moving to California. Yeah. So he's going to be like... Oh, next to me on the other coast of the United States is going to be my buddy Lars. But uh, but anyway, he's going to hold up the surfy hands when he does it. Oh, you I think? like to do. I do that all the time. Is he going to? Like, you think Joel's going to do that now? My, <laughs> okay, this has nothing to do with the podcast. But uh, my uh, my son Sam has a a kid that he goes to school with that he's good friends with uh, named Brody. And every single time, he's like, oh, yeah, me and Brody are hanging out. And I'm like, oh, me and Brody. And I always do the surf hand thing. I'm like, oh, me and Brody are going to go down and catch some sweet waves. <laughs> is it because his core his name, name is, Brody. is Bro? No, it's because his name is Brody. And I always remember, like, like 80 surfers dudes from 80 ah, surfers movies. Gotcha. They're always named Brody. Yeah. Brody. Oh, Brody. Brody did. It's Grody Brody. Grody Point, Point Brody. break. What's the guy's name? It's Jason, a... we have not introduced you yet. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was supposed <laughs> to be coming in here. I gotta talk about Point Break. Bodie from Point Break. Remember? Oh, um, yeah. Okay. That's why I relate the two anyhow. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we might as well start and introduce Jason now. <laughs> since Came he in like a wrecking broke the silence. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> So, uh, again, uh, at like least your we clothes have... are on and you're not on a giant <laughs> wrecking ball. <laughs> again, like we have Jason on uh, several podcasts, we have Mr. Jason Cavain. Hi there. How Hi, you doing, Chris. Jason? Good. good, good. Sitting across the table. Let me just across say the table. Let me just ask for our audience. Please, no goat stories this time. No. <laughs> did we, did we went over the goat story. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Several times. Yeah. Yes. Well, we won't rehash The amount it. of times that I have heard the goat story. <laughs> it never gets old, by the way. No. It just gets grosser. <laughs> but uh, we brought you along today uh, because, you know, you're, you're typically on our episodes where we talk about, you know, bizarre creatures mm -hmm. or notable animals, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, you were on our... Things from the Sky episode. Yeah, mm -hmm. Kentucky Meat Shower. Mostly known uh, for the Kentucky Meat Shower, of mm -hmm. course. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about washed ashore. Weird things that have washed up on our beaches, washed up on what are other things besides beaches that are next to the water? Oceans, seas, lakes, rivers, tributaries. Docks. 
Archipelagos? Archipelagos. That's an island, Jane. You can wash ashore on those. Well, yeah, yeah, but those are all beaches. It's a beach. From oceans, usually. Son of a beach. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, things, uh, inexplicable things, creepy crawly things, uh, junk, trash, anything that's washed on shore, right? Floats them and jotes them. Floats them and jotes (laughs) them. All right. Well, let's get started. So it's estimated that billions, with a B, 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 as you would say, Chris. Uh, what? What? Why are you? Why you are you teasing over, me already at the beginning? Because you overpronounce your B's at the and beginning. your P's. <laughs> See, you overpronounce your B's and your P's. B. Okay, so it's he has estimated three that, popper stoppers on my damn microphone. Yeah, now. I know, and it still doesn't work. <laughs> and a pair of pantyhose over my head. Pantyhose. <laughs> It's estimated that billions of pounds of plastic and other garbage is in our oceans today. Billions of pounds. It's a lot. Some objects, on average, take 450 years to degrade. The world's oceans and seas can be treacherous and downright unforgiving, so it's no wonder that over the decades that there have been strange and bizarre things that have washed up on the world's beaches due to the amount of crap that we throw in there and the amount of accidents and things that have happened on the waters of the world. 80% of marine junk comes from land-based sources. I would imagine so. I mean, really, if you are on a ship, you're not just tossing your stuff overboard typically, you know? Well, and the ship was docked at land at some point and was filled up at land at some point with stuff from land at some point. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying usually the junk, detritus, debris, all of those things come from us. I just remember when I was a kid watching the commercials on TV with the sea turtles wrapped up in the six-pack holders, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then from there on, I was proactive. I would cut the six-pack. You know, with a pair of scissors so that no sea turtles would ever get involved. Yeah, Yeah. I think, I mean, that was a thing, like, I I believe we were taught in elementary school to Mm -hmm. to do that, you know. Growing up in the 80s, you know, you would always have those six packs of sodas or whatever, and they, you know, you kept on hearing. Plastic ring. Yeah, those plastic rings, and you kept on hearing about them, you know, like, turtles and things getting wrapped up in them, and especially garbage bags, uh, big sea turtles. Look at those, and they think that they're uh, jellyfish. Jellyfish, yeah. yeah, and try to eat them, and you know, so you know, get, getting the stuff out of our oceans is definitely kind of important. I mean, you know, our, our sea life, we use that. I mean, a, a lot of us use it to eat off of. You know, right, a lot well, of us, you know, just the fact that we should treat other creatures a little bit nicer than than we do. Right, but I mean, the oceans are part of the ecosystem. That that's that's. The reason this planet works the way it does because of the oceans and the sky and the land all should be working in unison and we just kind of throw shit on it yeah you know so it's it's kind of it's really horrible but at the same time uh throughout the decades decades there have been weird and strange random findings of things washing on beaches all over the world Mm -hmm. that has taken another decade or two to find out where it came from, sure. which I think is the interesting part about this whole concept for the episode is that, yeah, this thing washed up on the beach and that's terrible, 
but the story behind it can be even, you know, interesting or phenomenal or crazy at the same time. Right. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's a slippery slope. The first thing I wanted to bring up, although it's not technically wash ashore, uh, I wanted to talk about the, the trash wheel that we have in the Baltimore Harbor. It cleans up stuff uh, coming out of the Jones Falls and, and, and uh, just all around in general, our harbor by our aquarium, uh, by the Ripley's down there, just cl- trying to clean all that harbor up. Right, it's like a like a Ferris wheel, but for trash. Pulls yeah. trash. Yeah, it yeah. pulls trash out of there, and um, they all get a free ride up and down the <laughs> the wheel. <laughs> right. So, uh, there has been since May 9th of two thousand fourteen when they started using the trash wheel. So far, uh, they've got uh, two hundred fifty-seven thousand plastic bottles, three hundred twenty-seven thousand polystyrene containers. 7,498 cigarette butts. Wow. 4,980 glass bottles. 173,000 grocery bags. And 244,000 chip bags. And that's... Holy chip. Yeah. Chris, how many people live in Baltimore approximately? It's less than a million, correct? Uh, It's right around that, I believe. So you're talking about seven times the population of Baltimore. Cigarette butts coming out just there at the Jones Falls. Yeah. Baltimore smokes a lot. Yeah, and there's there's 20 cigarettes per pack, so... That's true. That's true. So, one of the kind of funnier things, which I I didn't know that you didn't know this, Jason. It was kind of funny to watch your face light up when I told you. But uh, they tried to start a signed petition that uh, uh, 14,000 fans signed the petition to try to get googly eyes on the trash wheel because it has a big, gigantic mouth. It looks kind of like a snail. You guys right. have seen it? I've never seen it before. Oh, well, let me show you a picture of it. <laughs> it looks like it looks like an old like uh it has like a wheel on the side, like an old mill, like an old water mill. Yeah. Right? It's like, Something like that. It's like wonk 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 wonk. It's very muppety. But it doesn't have the googly eyes. That's just an after. No, that's no, no, it they actually took they put four foot googly eyes on it. <laughs> okay, here's my and thing. And it, it was it was on there for about a month to test it out, and uh-huh. I think they, they took them off because they weren't weren't sure whether it would be permanent or not. And now they're I'm not sure whether they they have put more back on or not, but I think they really should. Here's my question. Googly eyes only work if there's motion involved. There's Google. If there's yeah. Google. Yeah. If there's Googling. If there's Googling. <laughs> you know? So if, if it's a stationary object sans the Googling, then how would the Google work for the eyes? They, should they would just in... be big plastic eyes. I think that eyes. wheel is making a little motion. I was right? going to say, they could like somehow rig the wheel to make the Google part of the eye just spin oh, in yeah, motion with the, with the wheel. Put you an know? offset uh, gear or something. It would be even better if they could make both Google eyes go in separate directions yeah. instead of working in unison. Yeah, no, it totally... Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Look at guys... all the garbage I'm eating. I think you guys need to get on this. I think you guys need to... <laughs> Talk to the city of Baltimore uh-huh. and see if you guys can make this happen. Sure. <laughs> Old Baltimore trash wheel. I wonder if it's got an accent. Moves <laughs> definitely, Horn. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so just because we started out with the garbage and, uh, you know, cleaning up, I wanted to talk about the trash wheel. So, here's here's my, my one caveat to that. Mm. If you go out, uh, you know, fishing, boating, anything, bring a trash bag with you. Take it back in. Put it in a landfill where it belongs because you don't want our sea life eating it. It's the same 
same principles you would do for hiking a trail. Pack in, pack out. Right. What you take in, take it out with you. Yep. You know, it's plain and simple. Yep. Like, no one out in the ocean is going to want your crap, your trash. So don't put it there. Mm-hmm. There's a staggering five trillion pieces of trash floating in our oceans. That's every day. Shame. <laughs> 269,000 tons float just on the surface. So, Joe, I one of the people that it seemed that they're combating it, I looked up, and I think you said that you did too. Uh, it's the Wash Ashore Project by mm-hmm. the National Smithsonian? No, uh, Smithsonian is actually showing their work. It's a separate oh, okay. organization. It's washashore.org. And basically what they do is they collect junk and trash from all over the the world from the oceans, basically stuff that's been washed on the beaches. Has either donated or, or uh, through uh, landfills and stuff like that. But what they do is they have a whole slew of artists and architecture people and everything, and they make art with all this junk hmm. that we've thrown away and thrown into water. And it's mostly <clears throat> plastic, right? So it's mostly yeah, like mostly bits plastics. of plastic. Plastics uh, are majority of the stuff. But the cool thing is... The art that they typically use, the what what they're showing off is the sea life that you're killing with the stuff that you've thrown in the water. So that's so they're, that's they're, really really neat. They're basically installations like uh, octopus, like you know giant fish, mm-hmm. uh, sharks, sharks, and, and whales, and basically sea life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even have some stuff about uh, you know, coral reefs and things like that because. A lot of this trash is tearing up coral reefs. Yeah. So it's just a, a really neat idea. Plus, it also brings awareness to the fact that there's so much crap in our oceans. Right. So That's interesting. I've yeah. never heard that before. But so, uh, Smithsonian is spearheading, you know, hey, look at these guys. They're doing a lot of really good work with your junk. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, I have, I have another story about some plastic that is floating up on our beaches as well. Now... A lot of the time, the, the normally the plastic and garbage is just thrown by either carelessness or it's dropped off accidentally. Uh, but, you know, this is definitely one that was on accident and not, not at all did they want this to happen. Because uh, all, in the sea off of Cornwall uh, in 1997, several containers of Legos fell off of a ship. This was actually 62 containers fell off of the and, ship and you're talking about the containers that semi trucks haul yeah yeah the yeah. gigantic containers not, yeah. not a couple of tupperware tubs <laughs> of, legos. of legos you're talking shipping containers yeah okay. so uh it was they fell overboard 20 miles off of land's end it had 4.8 million pieces of lego inside it was bound for new york jeez no, no one knows exactly what happened. Like I said, it was probably some topsy-turvy seas. Maybe someone didn't bolt down the uh, the packaging. Containers, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, some of these oceans, you're talking 20, 30, 40-foot waves right. at some points where these giant shipping vessels, yeah, they're great, and they'll, they'll keep you sort of in the water, but stuff gets knocked around, yeah. you know? So February 13th, 1997, it was a shipping container known as the Tokyo Express. Uh, It was hit by a wave described 
by its captain as a once-in-a-hundred-year phenomenon. It tilted the ship 60 degrees one way and then tilted back 40 degrees. 62 shipping containers were lost overboard. It was uh, about 20 miles off of land's end. Wait, the shop? Uh, yeah, I think Is that so. Right yeah. in the, the Mall Square near Abercrombie and Finch. Right, it's the Sears. I think so. Yeah, yeah it's oh, right, near right Sears. There. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. No, I believe it's. I think that. I think they actually mean England. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So. So the, out of the sixty-two containers that were lost, one of them was completely filled with Legos. It had four point eight million pieces of Lego inside. Wow, that's like one Death Star kit. <laughs> 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 What's weird is nobody knew exactly what was in the other 61 shipping containers, but they definitely know exactly what was in the Lego shipping container because they had the the receipts for it. Right, they knew right. exactly what, what they had put in there because yeah. it was actually bound for New York. It was supposed to be going to New York and probably oh, okay. being sold at FAO Schwartz, if I may guess. <laughs> I have no clue. Sadly, they are closed now. Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, not in 1997 they weren't. Well, I was saying. Now. I mean that's that's the height of big yeah, with Tom Hanks, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so great was, about Baskins. <laughs> there were stories of kids in the late 1990s having buckets of dragons on the beach. Buckets of dragons? yeah, like the, the the dragons, the little the little Lego dragons. Oh, okay. They would just see? they would go up and down the beach and they would find them uh-huh. and they would pick them out of the sand put them in buckets, and they would sell them up and down the beach. Oh, nice. Kind of like what I would do as a kid. I would, like, c- collect golf balls. Right, You know right, what right, I mean? Right. You try to sell them back or whatever. Okay. So That's concerning, though, that they can't account for what was in the other 61 containers. Yeah, well, yeah nobody's really sure what containers went over. It was probably, some, like, bananas. and Yeah, you know and some I mean? companies, maybe the, the shipping papers were Just a little, little, little goofy, little fuzzy. maybe. <laughs> Right. So what they say, to, even though like in the 1990s you would find dragons all the time, a lot of the, the Legos were actually nautical themed. You can find, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah which ironic. is so weird. You can find cutlasses. You can find uh, 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 like life, ja- life preserver jackets, like the little Lego ones. Yeah. Razor chests. Yeah, little, yeah, stuff like that. So Lots of booty. The, the ship's manifest had a detailed list of everything in all of those containers. Uh, and it had, I mean, uh, you know, a wide range of Lego items, but not not everything was sea themed, but it had quite a bit. Yeah. They say now, if you go and look on the beach now, you can find little tiny, little seaweed looking things, little cactuses, stuff like that. Um, still. Yeah, still to this day. Wow. But the uh, the the cargo included toy kits uh, with divers, Aquazone, Aquanauts, Police, Fright Knights, Wild West, Robo Force. Time Cruisers, Outback, and Pirates. All the hits. Yeah. <laughs> All so, the Lego hits. Uh, it had 1,300 spear guns, red and yellow, 4,200 black octopus, yellow life preservers, uh, 2,600, 418,000 diver flippers uh, in black, blue, and red. Just the flippers? 33,000 dragons in black and green, brown shipping rigging netting, they should have uh, used that on the ship. Right. They had tw- 26,000 of that. 353 daisy flowers in white, red, and yellow. Scuba and breathing apparatus in gray, 97,000. I mean, it was like 4 million Lego pieces in, in all. Like those Over numbers 4 million. Make some of those million. pieces rare. Like if you find certain well, ones. Well, they say the rarest to find are the, the green dragon or the black o- octopus because it was only... F- like 4,200 black octopus. 
uh, the black octopuses are are the, you know, it's like they're the golden the, wrapper. Yeah, they're like the cream <laughs> of the crop. Golden ticket. <laughs> and in fact, only three black octopus have been found to this day. Wow. Yeah, since 1997. So are they are they worth anything now? I mean, like, well, is there I an mean, aftermarket? I think Especially that they've been sea abused. Yeah, I think that there <laughs> is. I think that there is people that would definitely try to get their hands on some of the stuff that's coming up on the beach. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's definitely kind of like a. You know, a neat thing to have. Yeah. You know, if you're like a Lego aficionado. And it's right. a kitschy piece so, of memorabilia. Sure. Right. You know. To say that it actually came off the this Tokyo, you know, right. container Tokyo ship. drift. Right. And especially considering that they're nautical themed. Right. Yeah. The irony. Okay. Well, in regards to boating accidents and also my my penchant for feet. Penchant. Uh, penchant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Our next um, segment goes over a little bit about what are called the, the Salish... Salish, Salish Sea. Salish Sea. Can can you say the Salish Sea, <laughs> uh, not the Sultan Sea? No, the Salish Sea. The Salish Sea. I can't say it. Salish, Salish Sea. Salish. I just can't say it back to back. Uh-huh. Salish. Salish Sea is actually close to my home, well, place of birth. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's the Washington uh, State, British Columbia. Kind of that segment right there over by the Puget Sound along the, the coast of the Pacific. Um, and what we're talking about is uh, mysterious body parts that have washed ashore since August of 2007. Specifically feet. Hmm. There's been... Well, hold on. So, okay. So it's definitely feet. Definitely feet. Not just feet. Feet not, not in just... shoes. Oh. Intact in Shoe-footed shoes. Shoe-footed feet. Shoe-footed feet. Now, there's a reason that they think that these feet are, are coming up... In shoes, specifically. And that has to do with the buoyancy. Most of the time, a, a bone would just sink. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the feet themselves would, would fall apart, deteriorate, and, and and that would be the end of it. Yeah. But with the attachment into the shoe, they the, the materials in the shoes have caused these to float and stay afloat and wash back ashore. So you mean huh. like uh, like the foam rubber or whatever? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, foam yeah. rubber and the materials like uh, the, the, the synthetic material specifically. The odd part about this is that most of the shoes have been found in specifically in running shoes. And that's kind of the controversy is, yeah. you know, if it, 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 why is it only running shoes? You know, why aren't there dress shoes or loafers that are coming in with these feet? They don't float as well. Well, then, no, I think that's probably part of it. Most of the time they're made of leathers, which would become waterlogged and sink. Right. But they've also caused people to consider that maybe that was foul play involved. You know, it's because ah. if the, the pattern has always been almost across the board, all right feet, Mm-hmm. All in tennis shoes. All right feet. Right feet. Out of the 16 feet that have washed ashore, 14 were right feet. Wow. Only two were left feet. And those two left feet were actually matched up. To, they belonged to, to the other two? Yes. They paired them up. Nice. Um, oh, oh, okay. So I know what I thought you meant was the two left feet were paired up with each other. Like the person was a terrible, <laughs> terrible dancer. dancer. That's like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they figured out, they've, they've been able to, to, to account and, and come up with the identities of some of the people that were involved or the, some of the feet. Now, how do you do that? Is that by, yeah, by I think toe print? Well, I think also the circumstances of where they came ashore, when they came ashore, the dates of the shoes, the models of the shoes, when they were released can help them put a timeline as far as how long it had been at sea. Really? Um, Plus, you, you think like loved ones would kind of know what shoes that person owned. Right. Yeah. And it turns out, um, it, out of the 13, 13 
of the feet have been found in British Columbia and Canada, and 10 of those have been identified. So they were able to actually find out who the people were. Oh, and wow. unfortunately, most of these were involved with either suicides where they were jumping off local bridges mm-hmm. or... Into um, fans or something? How did their feet get chopped <laughs> well, off? Well, no. I mean, there's not like a local serial killer who is like a footophile? Oh, no, as... as he's got know, some strange foot guillotine? As interesting <laughs> as that would be, it's not Shut the case. Junk. They actually have a pretty specific reason for only the feet coming ashore. It's that has to do with the way the bone structure is set and the ligament attachments. So when your body deteriorates in water, the three things that will fall off first are your head, your your hands, and your feet. And so if your head and your hands fall off, like we had talked about earlier, there's yeah. really no containers to keep them afloat. Oh, okay. But with the feet, they're you know self-contained in the shoes. Right, and the fish can only nibble on the little thing sticking out of the right. out of the heel. What right. if you were wearing one of those like Wisconsin cheese heads? <laughs> That's still not going to help you. No, unless it has a. You strap. don't think your your head would float back? Maybe if you know. had a strap, yeah. like a chin strap. Yeah, it's almost like a buoy, you know. It yeah, would keep yeah. You up there. I'm just, I'm just, just throwing it out there. Uh-huh. Well, you know, there's one prominent expert who would who would really come up with um, a pretty good opinion about about them being tsunami victims from the 2004 tsunami in Indonesia and how oh, wow. the water currents had, specifically in that area, would wash um, towards that uh, Salish Sea. Mm. So the, he has the contention that these are all victims that are just now coming on shore. So oh, wow. from 2007, August of 2007, up until recently is February of 2016, um, these feet keep washing ashore. Uh, as of now, they've, they've identified five men, one female, and three are still unknown sex. So... Um, yeah, they they just the feet keep coming. Wow, I feel kind of defeated. <laughs> oh man, it's really gross. It is yeah. kind of gross, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, but at first, so they just come. They just come <clears throat> off. Like yeah, they, they just detach, pop off like a daisy. When I first heard about the story, I I really thought serial killer because we you know that that area traditionally is. High capacity well, yeah, for serial I killers. I mean, you have Canada? all that, like... Um, the Northwest, in the Northwest. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ted yeah. Bundy and yeah, the Bundy, Green yeah. River Killer. and Yeah. All those guys were all up there. All the wackos were up yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it sounds much more intriguing if you had foul play involved and or some, you know, like, local syndicate that's only maybe, cutting off right feet. Well, maybe, maybe it was like a like a, uh, a child's play thing. It was a crazy doll that was just running around with a chainsaw, <laughs> chopping off ankles. Yeah. Like a leprechaun? Exactly. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <somebody>. Exactly. <laughs> that is an awful idea. It might... Who knows? That might be the case. So, they, they think that it... Like some of them did come from the tsunami victims. No, there's one one foremost guy that's out there with that theory. From what I've understood, and that's based on the currents, right? Based on the currents, yeah. And he's the done timeline. research and the timelines, yeah. Okay. And then as well as like I was saying, they can date the shoes from specific time periods based on when they were released. Um, okay. So he's got the theory that that was that was the case. But then, like I said, they've also identified almost ten of the people. So, okay. but why do they keep on washing up at the the same juncture? Yeah, the that's, salt. That's the, the, that's the current. Well, Vancouver's also got a lot of bridges, that area. So if you want to bring the suicide angle back into it, they think maybe it has to do with the jumpers that were coming off of the bridges. Yeah. Um, but then the currents as well. I guess it's a pretty unstable current um, mm. in that area. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a good question. I mean, there's body parts that wash up all over the world, but to have consistently feet coming right, up in the right. same area in the same capacity. Yeah. Uh, they, they can't explain that part of it. Hmm. So. Yeah, like why they're specifically washing up now or, or right. something like that. Right. Uh, kind of on the heels of that one. <laughs> uh, 
Thousands and thousands of ships have sank throughout the decades, from things like the obelisk, which was in 36 to 41 AD at the reign of Caligula, in the name Caligula. of Rome. In the name of Rome, to as recent as June 2016, the Masaccio of Italy, a ferry partially sank after striking a pier at Stromboli. <laughs> really tasty crash. <laughs> Not to mention all of the storms, wars, and other maritime disasters add to the even add to the ever increasing amount of, like I said, debris, detritus, junk, and crap that goes into our oceans, along with feet, feet, body parts. Yeah, Joe, you were talking about all the all the different crashes and wrecks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, people talk about flotsam and jetsam. The right. band that Jason Newstead from Metallica came from? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm sure that's where they got the terminology from. Sweet. So you always hear flotsam or jetsam as, you know, stuff that washes up on the beach. So right? it's, wait, wait, hold on. Not like, the jetsams. It's not like that? I always think of, like, <laughs> I always think of flotsam and jetsam kind of very much like, like ebb and flow. Not I was like thought they. Laurel and I Hardy. just thought they were different words, like right and left, port and starboard. I thought that flotsam and jetsam had something oh, to do okay. with ebb and flow. Gotcha. That's actually not what it is. Uh, I knew it was something nautical, but I actually had to look it up, and I figured it out, and I'm very excited about it. <clears throat> so flotsam, uh, flotsam, jetsam, derelict, and uh, and uh, ligon. These are actually four different terminologies that are used for crashes or wrecks of ships yeah and these are uh they're they're actually technical terminologies Mm -hmm. very much like you know someone can be crazy but legally you know for them to go into some sort of an asylum they have to be insane meaning that the court has to find that they're insane right right right. how it's a legal terminology flotsam jetsam derelict and uh ligon are those same kind of things so they are legal terminologies okay so flotsam are goods that have remained afloat after being lost from a ship that has sunk. Okay, so that's the thing that What's-Her-Face was holding on to when she pushed DiCaprio in the water, right? But, yes, okay. that would the be Flotsam. Flotsam. Well, no, gotcha. actually, no, that is not actually true. Be... Flotsam would be, uh, say, the Legos that we were talking about okay, earlier. Okay, so they're a an actual material? A material goods that goods. are floating. Okay, gotcha. Right? Okay. So... Next. Jetsam. Jetsam are things that have been cast overboard from a ship f- because of the danger of sinking. Uh, those would be, so Jetson would be like uh, an armoire or something like that, that they would throw overboard. Was not uh, meant to. Was not meant to go over. But so really, as, as ballast. Right, so really like the, the, the chunk that, uh, what's her name, was hanging on to during the Titanic movie yeah, that's when it. she shoved DiCaprio into the water right. or get whatever, my, that would really probably be get Jetsam. Off my jetsam. <laughs> That's get exactly off what my she jetsam. said. Get off my Jetsam. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> now, derelict is property that has been abandoned at sea without hope of recovering it. Okay. So that is just basically, you know, you're... you're ship isn't doing well you know it's going you think it's going to sink you abandon it you leave it and it's still floating around that right. would be derelict this is this is pre-ghost ship 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ghost ship, yeah. Right. Or a ghost ship would be just completely derelict. Now, uh, Ligon. <laughs> Ligon. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. Ligon are goods that have been, uh, have been buoyed so they can be recovered. So this is something that sinks. You know, it'll sink down to the bottom. They'll put a buoy out where it is, and that means that they... Are, intend to return. Yeah, intend to return it to, to pick it up and somehow get it from the bottom. Like the captain's wallet or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that those were specific terms. They, they broke down that specifically. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't know about it, really. I had to look it up. I was like, what is flotsam and jetsam? So it's like uh, it's so. like meteor, comet, meteorite. It's the whole delineation yeah, right, where, where it, it comes from the Earth or yeah, whether exactly. it's still in the sky. Yeah. I thought okay, flotsam nice. meant it was floating debris and jetsam meant maybe it was sunk debris. That was my old conclusion. Just underneath the surface kind of thing. <laughs> just jetting around. Right. Jetsums. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about some uh, some jetsum uh, that specifically comes from the sperm whale. <laughs> okay. And no, it's not sperm. I know Damn. what you were thinking. No, this is actually something uh, that... Uh, well, uh, let me just get into it. So a lot of the time, sperm whale, what they like to eat, are squid. Yep. Because they're nice and tasty, very tentacle-ish, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. one of the things that they can't really digest is the beaks of the squid. Which is the only solid, hard part on a squid is the beak. As long as they can fit, as long as their beak can fit through something, their entire body can squish down, pull back, like oh. maneuver through whatever that beak can fit through. God. Right. Think of the too. possibilities, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so basically they're, you know, sperm whale, they really like squid. They like to eat it up. Yeah. Okay. So they digest everything. One of the things they can't digest, the beaks. So that has a tendency to stay in their stomach. But the hard black beaks, the problem with them is, is that they are point, pointy. Yeah. And hard. Pointy. And they're in their stomach. Mm-hmm. So what happens is their stomach actually starts to create something around it. It creates uh, sort of a, a sac around it, very much like, you know, if you've ever had a pimple or something like that. It just, it's like a calcium deposit. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it creates something around it so that it, it, it does not continue to, to poke uh, the inside of the, of the sperm whale. You also might want to think of it as something like a, a pearl in an oyster. Mm-hmm. Call back to our oysters episode or mm-hmm. our... It was it just oysters? Or it's just oysters, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't remember if it was oysters and clams. Yeah. So it creates a coating around it. Now, eventually, that coating and the beak will eventually break loose. And a, a lot of fishermen back in the day, and especially in Moby Dick, uh, when they were talking about it, they thought that the sperm whale would burp it up or vomit it up. <laughs> but actually, just it like turns that. out... Actually, it turns out to come out the other way mm-hmm. from apparently what we found out. And when it does, it comes out and it likes to sit there and float, mm-hmm. except for it has almost the same buoyancy as water. So it likes to float right below the surface. Occasionally, this kind of stuff will wash up on a shore. Uh, and when it does, it is known as something called ambergris. Mm-hmm. Do you know what ambergris is? You no, never I heard don't. of ambergris? I, don't. I just explained it to you. I know, I just know. I do now, <laughs> but do, do, like, does it is it like gelatin kind of coating? It's it can be like 
hard and kind of crusty, very much like clay. Yeah, I've heard I've heard waxy, like a ball yeah. of wax. Okay, so it's dense, but yeah. not but buoyant. But it's it's yeah. buoyant, but it's like the same buoyancy as water. Like what? So it usually floats right at the surface, mm-hmm. like just under the surface of water. Mm-hmm. I just so didn't it sometimes know, can like, be found. If you were swimming and it's just below the surface and it grazes against your knee, if it feels like a jellyfish with no, a hard just, beak just inside like... of it. Ugh. It's, <laughs> it's gross just... for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh Floating in a pool that someone pooped in. Right, and you it know? grazes up against yeah. you, and you'll never feel clean again for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's if you think that's bad, it just rubbing up against you, a lot of people actually love ambergris yeah. because of <laughs> Jason's it, face. its lovely perfume and smell. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say they eat it. Ugh. Oh, oh. Yes, they, they do. do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. In fact... So Herman Melville devoted an entire chapter to Moby Dick to ambergris. It was uh, King Charles II, one of his favorite meals was to take a slice of ambergris, which apparently melts like, you know, very much like wax or butter. And he used to, which was for the day, very normal to scramble the eggs. It was very fashionable at the time. And he would cook it in ambergris. It's and it like, was one of his favorite meals. Like cooking oil? Like you would use yeah, coconut yeah. oil to fry yeah, your exactly. egg? Exactly. What color is this ambergris? Ambergris. It's like a yellowy earwax. Is it as bad as it sounds. Well, yeah. depending on how long it's been in the ocean. Yeah, because it probably takes on like the salt. Uh, the salt. Uh, oh. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is the longer it's in the ocean, the, the, the harder it has right. a tendency to get. Right. Okay. Because it loses more and more of its. Of its, uh, aromatic. of its water content. Well, it's all of its aromatic God, essence. Gross. But it gets more concentrated because it gets smaller. <laughs> right. And the the more that it does, the more perfume that it brings. It's uh, like a reduction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> By the sun and the ocean. Now, you can find it in yellow, black, brown, brownish green. Like all... All snot colors. All the colors of the stomach... <laughs> Lining rainbow. Yeah, yeah, you can you can find it in all different kinds of colors. But it used to be used for perfumes and makeups. It still is today. Yeah, a lot of the time. A lot of people say that uh, it it is where Chanel Number no. Five gets its very distinct fragrance. Uh, Chanel Number no. Five vehemently disagrees that that is not where it comes from. But uh, a lot of perfumeries around the world like to use this. Mm-hmm. Technically, in the United States, it is completely illegal to grab ambergris because the sperm whale is an endangered species. Right. And you cannot have anything that was produced by a sperm whale. Yeah, but finders keepers. That's what I have to say. If it washes up on a beach. Yeah, but if it washes up on a beach, you know, and I can make a couple of thousand dollars off of a chunk of of whale whale, tissue. Yeah, you know. I'm just saying, like finders keepers, come on. Yeah, so it can be found It can be found in large blocks, balls, or egg shapes. Sometimes they're called kidneys. Sometimes they're in broken layers or, you know, kind of strata, jagged pieces, and very hard rolls. Uh, the whole blocks are usually roughly ovoid, uh, with the surface being quite irregular and, uh, and you know, not pointless. It's very kind of circular and bubbly. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is gross-looking stuff, but it's, a lot of people equate it to the smell of truffles. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. It's right, it's because it is one of the 
truffles, I don't know if you've ever actually smelled truffles mm-hmm. or yeah. truffle oil. Mm-hmm. It Nothing else smells like it in the world. Right. Yeah. Right. And ambergris, they say it doesn't smell like truffles, but they equate it to it because it is one of those things that doesn't smell like anything Very else. Distinct. Completely unique. I just yeah. can't believe that this is so prevalent that they have, a, a, first and foremost, a name for it, a market for it. Well, this has been around for thousands of years. The Egyptians used to use it for, for perfumes and oils. Like It's been around for. Ever. As long as whales have been around, it's been around. I just learned about it tonight. <laughs> I just now learned about it. <laughs> about ambergris. And it's one of those things, too, right? Like, I, I, I like to think about it, and I'm like, is this one of those things that I would ever try to eat? And I think that my answer would be no. After drinking Kopi Luwak coffee. Oh, come on. That, that was came, easy. I, well, okay. So I've had truffles before, uh-huh. right? I've had Kopi Luwak coffee, which the civet cats eat. And then poop, and those beans you take and make into a coffee. Mm-hmm. I drank that on the coffee episode, yeah, Jason. Because I made him. Because yeah. he made me. <laughs> so this wouldn't be anything for you. This I mean, is this is even grosser. It's not like it's a you know a bean that the sperm whale well, is eating is and then pooping it out. Stomach. This is a issue. squid that it's eating. Right. Encompassed and like, encompassed, oh. ingrained in their stomach, well, and then and, and a, a squid beak is. Uh, you know, about the same as a bird beak. Same sort right. of calcified fingernail beak sort of material. So it's just calcium, really. Right. Does that break down inside of the bubble? Like when you cut it apart, do you, well, do you, is it like the pearl where you finally get to the center and there's the beak and it, it you've can. won the prize? It, it, it can, <laughs> but most of the time chunks break off. Right. It can break down, however... Most of the time, one of the ways that you can actually tell whether it's ambergris and not just a piece of whale blubber from a dead whale or things like that is to crack it open. And most of the time, you will find either chunks or a full beak inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. When you guys said ambergris, I was like, I think I went to school with her. You know? <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking about. The, uh, a lot of people call it like the olfactory char- characteristics. They say that it's an evolutionary material. So it, it changes. Not, and now every single piece of ambergris doesn't smell exactly the same. So right. they all smell, you know, a little bit different than each other. Uh, and they have different depths and roundness, uh, you know, to the to the flavors. But in the same vein as a whale stomach. In in smell, in, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're all different, but they all kind of smell like whale stomach. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, what does a whale stomach smell like? <laughs> ambergris. So a lot of the time what they do is they actually will, will take it and they will dilute it with alcohol, a very potent alcohol, and that will, uh, that will cause the, the smell of it to disperse, and that's what they use in different per- perfumes. Break it down, yeah. My, I have a family lore that we have a guy who actually probably smelled ambergris because he got swallowed by a whale and shat out alive. What? I don't know if it's true or not, but I did see a newspaper clipping at one point. My aunt showed me. It was like in the late 1800s. He was up in New England and mm-hmm. like a whaler or something, and he got swallowed by a whale and like shat out alive. I don't know if it's possible, but that's in What the... kind of whale? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I just saw the newspaper clipping. I was probably about 16 or 17. Wow. So. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I don't technically think it is I, possible. I don't think it's possible. Because no. of all the, the organs and stuff, eventually things get mushed down to you know right but i don't know if he like i don't know if he was shot out alive or if he just was like eaten and then came out and maybe swallowed and thrown back up maybe but i don't know i mean but i think that he washed ashore weird (laughs) huh 
is kind of crazy. A 200-year-old fragrance uh, was sold in 2005 for $11,000 a bottle. It was actually made for Marie Antoinette, uh, and it it featured ambergris as the main ingredient. Yeah, so, I mean, this stuff is... It's in very short supply. It's not easy to find, uh, you know, but occasionally people do. There was a guy who was walking his dog along a beach, and he found a 50-year-old chunk of ambergris. It was uh, 2.43 pounds, or 1.1 kilograms. Wow. And it was, of course, auctioned off to the highest bidder. And how much did he get for it? Wait, wait. So in other countries, you can snatch it up and sell it, but here you can't? Yeah, he sold it for sixteen thousand seven hundred dollars. Wow, yeah, that's that's chump change. That's yeah. Well, I'm found a new career. Yeah, yeah but I'm, well, there, there's people that do that. In fact, uh, there was a fight between between two different beachcombers uh, who wound up hacking at each other with machetes Whoa. on the beach because they were fighting over a chunk of ambergris. Hold on, wow. why do you need a machete at the beach? Well, I would imagine that there's, there's other guys out there looking for yeah. the same thing. Well, but they're not just doing that. They're beachcombing for different stuff, but specifically one of the things that they're looking for for a very quick and large payday. You know, imagine making $10,000 in one day. You yeah, know what I mean? Awesome. Or, 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 or if it's a large chunk of ambergris, you know, they could make, you know, up to $30,000, yeah. you know, in, in, in a single day wow. by finding a chunk of whale vomit or feces. Right. Wow. One of the best descriptions that I found, they were talking about the, the smell, the taste of ambergris, and they said that it's, as, it's like vanilla if it was from a, another universe. Interesting. Okay. This whale stomach doesn't ring like vanilla to me. You know, I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't think like that's. Oh. Yeah, but you've smelled truffle, right? Yeah. yeah truffle, truffle is, is a, so bizarre, so strange, but yeah, it, it, it comes earthy. from the ground I mean, and it's, it's a. Yeah, but it's perfumey at the same time. It's, yes, it's super I, perfumey. I get it, but whales, like, it's not even blubber. It's No, it's innards. Innards, and it's been floating in the water. Innards? <laughs> like it vanilla. It my innards. Hmm. I couldn't imagine eating that. <laughs> Four billion microfibers per square kilometer litter the deep sea. There is a giant Pacific garbage patch twice the size of Texas floating inside the Pacific Ocean, the North Pacific Gyre, off the coast of California. Soon Joel will be there and he can take a look at it. Well, twice the size of California. It stays... Twice the size of Texas. Texas, I'm sorry. I think yeah. you still need to you know, take a boat ride out to the ocean to be able to really see it. You yeah, can't see it off about, the coast. It's about 50 or 60 miles off the coast. Right. Just floating around. Yeah. It's in this current area, the North Pacific Gyre, so it doesn't really stable. Yeah. God, crazy. Yeah. Did you imagine swimming through that? You can't. No, you couldn't. <laughs> no, it's it's an island unto itself. Yeah, gross. July twelfth of two thousand and eight in uh, Montauk, New York, uh, specifically Ditch Plans Beach, Ditch Plains Beach. Oh, yes. Ditch Plans uh, Beach. <laughs> ditch your plans for the night. Uh, We're ditch going to plans. The beach. <laughs> Ditch your plans. We're going to the beach and Ditch. recording a podcast. <laughs> Ditch Plains Beach in Montauk, New York. Um, a mysterious object was photographed on the on the beach. A lady uh, was walking by, and they noticed a couple people kind of standing around 
this object that was washed ashore. So they, they went over and took a look, and the lady took a, a photograph of it. And, um, you know, she went and I think she turned it into a local newspaper and ran a small story, kind of like almost a comedic story about it. Mm. And then it got picked up by bigger news news uh, facilities because the strangeness of the creature. Sort of like a, a Bigfoot sighting, but with an actual real photo. Yes, but yeah, yeah exactly. But think more like cat-sized. Okay. Not Cat Stevens, but cat-sized. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> slightly a bit larger. So... <laughs> They, the, the photograph, if you, if you look at the photograph, the, the, the creature kind of resembles a little bit like a raccoon, but like a bearskin raccoon. Like okay. in the sense that it's got big buck teeth and kind of a smaller head with a larger body, but it doesn't really look like a raccoon. Um, and so it, it piqued interest. Everybody wanted to find out exactly what this creature was. Mm-hmm. And so they had theories. Um, maybe it was a, a raccoon. Maybe it was a, a turtle that had lost its shell. Um, so I don't think that happens. I don't think they just... It's not just like lose the, their shell. the Looney Tunes cartoons where he's just like, you know, pushing it down like it's a wardrobe. Well, you know, the other part about it was not very far away was the um, Plum Island Animal Disease Center, which was oh, a government-run nice. um, animal testing facility. Yeah, it's uh, the one in... Uh, what is that? Silence of the Lambs? Is it? Thanks, Clownies. <laughs> Plum Island. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's that one. Yeah, it's that. Was it Plum Island? Remember, they they wanted to give him the the, the trip to the, the beach for his help in finding Buffalo Bill. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> that guy, remember? <laughs> Your Buffalo Bill's pretty good, man. <laughs> but that was it. Was it was like Plum Island or Goose Island or something like that? Yeah. Um, but it, it really was called like Anthrax Island because that's where they were doing like all these testing. medical testing and everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's right around the corner from this place. So okay. the speculation was maybe this animal was like an escapee, you know, that oh, got away and medical nobody science. was supposed to see it. Yeah. But the crazy part is the the, the carcass of this animal, it, it disappeared under mysterious circumstances. They was, don't know where it went. Was it like, did they look 20 feet down the beach and see a hobo <laughs> eating? <laughs> Well, they, they think that maybe the lady who took the picture might have, maybe she took she it and buried it, absconded with it. Yes, but so this is the thing. There's only one photograph of it, um, oh. you know. So that's the only real proof of the Montauk monster. Weird. Maybe it, you know, maybe it was just sleeping and came back to life, and it's <laughs> right. living in the like, seas again. I gotta go back to the water. <laughs> So yeah, they've had different animal experts look at the the pictures of the animal and try to figure out what it is. Mm. The best conclusion they can get is maybe like a raccoon, but it doesn't really look like a raccoon. I've seen the picture. Um, uh, the the theory I would posit would be that um, if you have something with fur, with hair, uh, and it's in the water for an extended amount of time, what happens is the fur will eventually fall out. And this thing looks weird and hairless, kind of like a pig. Yeah. You know? Like, right. there's probably hairs, but mostly it looks like weird pig skin. Yeah. Um, but it also looks like the front part of the face of the beast, the creature, has been gnawed on, mm-hmm. possibly, by uh, ocean critters. Yeah. Uh, therefore, just leaving the uh, the bone structure of the, the nose underneath the tissue. And, like, the, the cartilage. The right. cartilage chunk of the of the nose. Right. right. It looks, looks very like there. very beak like. Yeah. But a lot of bone structure looks very beak like if you took all the tissue and, right. and cartilage off. Right. You know. So that's that's what I'm what I see in the pictures. It's a poor dog or something that 
died, is, was in the water for a few days, got nibbled on and washed on the beach. And we're like, what is that? Well, plus the picture of it, there's not something in the frame that you can tell the size, size of it either. Right. It's yeah. not like there's a shoe in the frame or something like that. There's nothing like that dollar, to be yeah. able to tell yeah. exactly, you know, what the size of it is. So, right. no, you can't really, you don't really know, you know, yeah. you you know, I mean, it definitely, it has a tail, has hind legs, it has like a big kind of rumpus, like hind leg quarter, you yeah. know what I mean? A lot of people were trying to figure out whether it was uh, some sort of a dog or a raccoon. And nobody really knows because, you know, it kind of disappeared after that. Right. It does have very, very prominent lower canines. Yeah. You see that along the, the lower jaw there? Yeah. My I mean, guess is Chupacabra. Is that <laughs> that's, your that's guess? Chupacabra. That okay. That's to see. Nice. So, but yeah, a lot of people said that the, the legs weren't quite right for, you know, for a raccoon or what. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I definitely don't think it's some kind of weird. Mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. Cryptid. It looks like it's just been something that was, you know, rolled around in the surf for a while and right. lost all of its hair, you know, something like me. <laughs> yeah. Or like a, like a coyote or, you know what I mean? Something like that. Gotcha. I but prefer they, to go the other way, Chris. I really want to believe that this is probably from that animal testing facility. I mean, yeah, it could I, be. I'm, I'm with you. And the, with the feds came around in the yeah, black yeah. suits and cordoned off the area. And yep. That and they, the they it. took it away. A lot of people think, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard about the, 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 the goat man. Oh, I know about the goat man. Yeah. So the, the goat, not your goats. Man. No, not no, not, not your goats. Man. Goat no, man. not the goat story. No, nope. <laughs> not the goat story, nope. Jason. But wasn't nope. that down in southern Maryland? Uh, it's not even that far. It's like right by the uh, the Bowie Baysox Stadium. Right, right, right. It's yeah. So it's like right right in Bowie there, and it's the the goat. I, I mean, I don't want to do a full Goat Man episode like hidden inside of our Washed Ashore episode, nah, but I don't either. There's there's some kind of uh, like a animal testing facility near there. Right. So a lot of people think that it was someone who you know got their dna mixed up or whatever it was what? yeah and there's no, a yeah this is true there's a there's a place called governor's bridge and it's a it's like the oldest I used to drive on that road yeah governor's bridge is the oldest bridge in i don't i think it's the oldest wrought iron bridge in maryland mm -hmm. you could still you it, it, you know you and i drive by there for our day job all the time mm -hmm. so you just take a left on governor's road or whatever governor's it is and road, you can yeah. You can go right over the bridge. It's down by Bowie Baysock Stadium, and that is supposedly where people find the Goat Man. Yeah, we tell I, since I was a kid, we told horror stories at campfires about the Goat Man. Yeah, huh. yeah. I don't know. The, the, so the whole the, story sounds kind of not. <laughs> but but it, it but uh, you know the the. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention uh, History Goes Bump did a pretty awesome episode on about, Goat Man. Uh, on Goat Men. Oh, Goat Men. Yeah, just there's a few different stories about Goat Men, like the so. Satyrs. Yeah. Okay. Just awesome. different goat men, and they mentioned the one that's uh, that's in Maryland. Maryland. Sweet. So our local goat man. But the idea of this, the Montauk monster, being near a you know animal testing facility, you know as well, you know maybe it was some kind of creature. I, you know, okay. I'm not gonna say it's maybe not. Maybe it has the rage virus. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was uh, enraged that it was stuck in the water and you know didn't make it. <laughs> Floating around in the surf. You know, but there's swimming after few, that damn ambergris. <laughs> there's actually if you, if you really want to go in deep, you can search the you know the the annals of the uh, of the internet and find all different kinds of creatures, you know, that people have found and taken pictures of, you mm -hmm. know, around New York and you know all up and down the East Coast and I'm sure probably the West Coast. You know, and it's, you know, you could probably even find on the West Coast, if you go up high enough and you're Washington State, you can find them uh, next to pictures of uh, feet and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you, there's all kinds of unaccounted for animals that come out of the ocean or creatures. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, know. if I had a foot inside of a shoe that was sitting next to the Montauk monster, monster to see the size of it, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. I can yeah. tell its proportion and be like, oh, that's probably a that Nike medium size dog. nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can determine based off this. Right. Maybe it was the Montauk monster that was chewing all the feet <laughs> off there of the people. Maybe that's where teeth. it came from. Full circle. Yep. Yep. So, Joe, do you remember our friend Ryan? Uh, yeah. Briefly. No, <laughs> Briefly. Yes. no I know. I've known him longer than I've known you. So one of the things I remember about Ryan and going over to his house is that his mom used to collect these things called witch balls. Witch balls. The, w- that's what I said, witch balls. Witch, witch balls. balls. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I've entered a sketch. <laughs> yes, um, you did. <laughs> I've entered a vaudeville sketch. <laughs> so uh, witch balls are, they're, they're basically these glass... Balls. They're glass. <laughs> We've got the biggest balls of them all. Yes. They're these glass globes, okay? Very much like uh, how mar- you know marbles are. But mm-hmm. they're m- a much larger size. We're talking you know, four or five inches or so, and they right. go all the way up to like two feet. Typically around. hand-blown, gorgeous, like... Hand-blown balls. Hand-blown <laughs> balls. Wait, that doesn't make sense. How can you... Blow balls with your hands. Don't think about it too hard. Okay, sorry. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like no two balls are the same. <laughs> I'm just going to keep giggling this whole time. Oh, <laughs> no, with colors and, and shapes and size. Kind of like, you know, like handmade marbles. They're just all different. They're all different colors. Of we the call rainbow. witch spheres instead? Yes, witch please. spheres. <laughs> so... But but, uh, but they're really cool. I mean, that's it's it's the the art of you know uh, blowing glass. It's like you can create these wonderful shapes and colors and swirls and patterns. And then even in in the insides of some of them, you have like uh, like this crystalline structure where the glass is when it's blown you know into a spherical shape. The insides will actually create this sort of like stalactite stalagmite structure on the inside of the glass and it's gorgeous they look mm-hmm. awesome now uh of course glass blowing uh you would have to take your the, the pole uh and then put the glob of glass into the bunghole and then pull it out and then you blow the balls and then you have witch balls <laughs> just trying to get me over here man. so witch balls <laughs> So, I mean, they're these gorgeous glass balls, basically. I mean, they're absolutely beautiful. They are gorgeous balls. <laughs> all right. All right. Got, we're, done. we're done. We're done. We're done. Okay. All right. Moving on. Okay. So, uh, basically, these used to be uh, used in conjunction with a net. The net would go over top of the ball, and it would actually hold a net above water so that fishermen could come by, specifically, like, Japanese fishermen used, mm-hmm. to, used to use these a lot. As like a buoy? And as a buoy okay. to hold a net above water. So they would come back by with their boat. They would pick it up and catch whatever fish, you know, w- were caught in the in the trolling net. Okay, okay? awesome. Uh, the glass balls were, were used, you know, to, to, to hold it. Mm. Nowadays, a lot of the time, we're using, you know, any any kind of flotation. Usually they're plastic. Styrofoam, plastic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, to, to be able to hold the nets. And in fact... I even remember uh, me and my dad back in the day when we would go crabbing, we would put a few crab pots down around where we were fishing. Mm-hmm. And when we did it, we used to use, uh, 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 what are those, uh, the bottles, you know, with detergent inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah, detergent yeah. Like bottles. Like Clorox yeah. bottle. Yeah. Right. We would close the top and tie mm-hmm. it to the handle and we would let that float yeah. and then come back, pick it up with a little pole, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and see what kind of crabs we, we caught. Right. You know, with the chicken necks. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, so they used to use these glass balls back in the day, uh, and they've been called witch balls because sometimes they are floating around weirdly on the ocean, you know, and all different kinds of stuff. Mm. Uh, a lot of people will try to find them and collect them on beaches in Japan and a few other places. They floated around. But one of the cool things is uh, a place called Lincoln City. It's uh, in central. It's on the central Oregon coast. Lincoln City does something called finders keepers where local artisans make these witch balls and they float them out on the on the ocean or they'll hide them out on the sand and mm -hmm. you can come by uh around mid-october through memorial day and they they drop three thousand handcrafted glass balls during that time period yeah. and you can come and find the balls on the beach that's a lot of balls they got of, balls yeah interestingly enough i went to lincoln city when i was a kid we took a vacation down there oh yeah just yeah, just totally. Did you find memory. any balls down there? No, we were there. Uh, it, it must have been like April or May. It was early in the season, so. Well, I mean, wasn't ball season. Wasn't ball season. It's gotcha. it's it's October through May that it, that they do these this See, glass you, ball. You were, but I do remember that they had glass blowers, like uh, like the shops, like that. Instead right. of like how Ocean City's got a boardwalk, yeah. they had French like fries. it was a very small place. So like they had um like um. Like taffy shops and glass mm. blowers, from what I recall. That's pretty cool. Okay. So, yeah. so you actually have some connection to this. Yeah, yeah but yeah. like I said, you just reminded me. But they, but maybe no. they weren't doing the event at the time, or maybe you didn't even know about the event. Yeah, but right. you you saw glass yeah. blowers. You were you were close to the the glass balls. That was really close. Nice. I, I, I seen them. <laughs> I seen the balls. <laughs> I seen them. <laughs> they also have different things where you can you know you find special glass drops where they have very specific ones with, you know, things written on it, and you can go and exchange it for prizes and stuff like that on the beach. Hmm. I, I it's mean, like that's a really, that's yeah, cool. it's a really cool way, except for, you know, it's made out of glass, and they're putting it on the beach. Let's just hope nobody steps on it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, for a while, I was collecting, you know, quote-unquote, sea glass, basically broken bottles and other glass that has gone into the ocean for God knows how long, been beaten to hell through the sand and the surf, and you get these crazy little designs and colors and things of all these, you know, just bottles, basically, bottles and stuff like that. Um, and I would make necklaces and other little charms for just random people that I'm like, oh, hey, you like the beach? Here's a beach thing. Yeah. And glass used to be made from sand. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I, I feel that glass in the ocean, not terribly dissimilar. Right. To, right. You know, because it can go back to where it's it, all silica. Right. Well, one of the things also is that the uh, the the like the glass that you're talking about, sea glass is what they call it. Mm -hmm. It's very much like a like a rock tumbler, yeah. except for it's a natural rock tumbler. Mm -hmm. So so stuff on the beach it erodes very much like the Montauk monster's skin because <laughs> right. it you know the waves roll over it back and forth. It rubs along the the, the glass and it works as like a sandpaper in a way. Gentle so, sandpaper, right? So you know any kind of chunk of glass. Because of the rubbing back and forth, eventually it'll become sea glass and it'll mm -hmm. be easy to touch. And you, you know, unless you break it and you get a jagged edge, you're not right, really going to cut yourself. Yeah. So, you know, any, I used to find, there's a few different beaches around here where you would find, I could find chunks of brick that mm -hmm. had, you know, been pushed back and forth because of demolition of housing, you yeah. know, stuff like yeah. that. You would find chunks of brick, you know, and it would be all rounded off the very same way that sea glass is. Mm -hmm. I always found found that really neat when you yeah. found a, we, you know, a um, weird chunk of stone or brick. Yeah, or, yeah. Or even, um, uh, what are the, the uh, what do they call it? Uh, it the pebbles mm -hmm. that you find, 
like uh, river rocks. Oh, river rocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? The very round pebbles. Perfectly That's smooth, s- rounded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The same. It's done the same way. Uh, across the the bridge in I guess that's t- technically Dundalk. We have Dundalk Bethlehem Steel, which is a oh, steel a, a steel plant. Yeah. yeah. So one of the uh, weird things throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, you would have slag runoff uh, dumped into the bay, and to this day, you can still find chunks of Bethlehem Steel slag washed up on beaches, and it looks very, very similar to, um, like, volcanic rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, all porous and bubbly and looks like a pumice stone kind yeah, of thing. right. But that's steel slag. Interesting. Yeah. I think we're completely missing a song here. Under the sea! No, no, no. No, no what is it, a message in a bottle? Right? I, I don't know that. Wasn't one. that a sting song? It's police. The police, Yeah. right? Okay. It's oh, yeah. Oh, sing now, me, sing yeah. me a bar. Message in a bottle. bottle. Oh, you guys are awful. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about. I'm no Gordon. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so so uh, wanted to talk a little bit about messages in a bottle. They are a classic trope. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you you throw out you you know messages about your unrequited love. You know anything. You know Uh, why would you throw them out? Why wouldn't you just give it to the person that you? Requited. Well, I think the point is, is you would do that in order to kind of let your emotions and feelings go. Oh, okay. Right? So you before, throw it. This is before people would talk about their feelings on Facebook. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. It's a Facebook message. Now it's a Facebook. <laughs> now it's a Facebook right. message in a bottle. Poke. So. <laughs> But uh, the, so there, there wasn't there was there's lots of different stories about messages in a bottle. But probably my favorite one is actually a Guinness World Record because a German scientist named George Parker Bitter threw out a thousand bottles in the North Sea. He actually threw out a thousand bottles in batches, uh, you know, consistently for several years. Now, he did this to try to find what the ocean currents were like. And oh, inside, nice. he put a postcard with a, with a postage stamp to send back to him. Now, the oldest one to be found happened 108 years, 4 months, and 18 days later in 2015 wow. by a retired German postal worker. Her name was Marinine Rinkler. Uh, she found it on holiday in Arnhem, one of Germany's north on germany's north frisian islands and she found this postcard and it wasn't specifically dated so you know it says you know it was it was card number 57 you know and it said to get a hold of the marine biology association association in plymouth england so she proceeded to send it there they were afraid they didn't want to break the bottle because they wanted to get the postcard out they they really had a hard time getting it out. Eventually, they did get it out, and it had a message in English, German, and Dutch for it to be returned there. When they returned it there, they realized that, uh, that, well, it was founded in 1884, and it actually still exists today, the the Marine Biology Association. It's actually been around for that long. Wow. Sounds like a Wes Anderson thing, the Marine (laughs) Biology Association. Right. So, uh, so Bitter, he actually was the association president from 1939 until 1945 when he died at the age of 91. So, you know, over 100, 
108 years plus later, this message was returned. So it's absolutely amazing. So it was the, the longest bottle at sea to ever be returned to its owner. And I mean, it's, wow. I mean, it's a Guinness world record to this day. So where did he drop the bottles out at? Was he, did he drop them out in Germany or did he drop them out in, in England? No, he, he dropped them out in England. Okay. Uh, into okay. the North Sea. And it was found in Germany. It was found in Germany okay. off the North Friskin Islands. Wow. That's, that, that doesn't, that, you know what I mean? Like you kind of go up around the little coast there. It's not a big trip. It's not a big trip. It's for 100, 108 years to be out there and nobody found it. Maybe it was lodged inside of a whale. <laughs> well, what I like about this is that the card promised, which would have been a reasonable fortune back in the day in 1908, that it would be rewarded with a, a bright and shiny shilling. Uh, <laughs> anyone who were, was to send this back, any fisherman or anything that, that found it. Uh, and... Uh, Guy Baker, the communications officer of this association, said they were determined to get uh, Miss Winkler uh, the uh, a proper reward. So they found an old shilling. They found it off of eBay. What? And they sent that back to her with a thank you letter. That was it. What? That's all she Don't, got. That's yeah. crap. Oh. No, that's awesome. They, no, they found what crap. he promised. And no, they no. Sent give it to her, her. Give her what? Yeah, give her like well like, of the day. Right. Right, exactly. Market value. Per inflation. Yep. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Put it in the inflation what's, rates. What's an old shilling, you know, per inflation for 2015? Like, well, th- this this bottle actually beat the last record, which was a bottle that f- was found in Shetland in 2013 that had been adrift for 99 years and 43 days. Wow. So wow. it beat it, you know, by over eight years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Where are that's, these bottles going? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, there's all kinds of you know crazy probably, stories about messages and bottles being you know I, yeah. sent and found by people. Like half the time spent through the Bermuda Triangle, the other half spent through the uh, <laughs> Great Pacific Garbage Patch. You know, and finally just broke off. The and a turtle, turtle was like, "Get out of here, bottle!" They're dinking up against witch balls, yeah. t- tingling Clink. up against against them, yeah. rubbing up against uh, chunks of ambergris uh-huh. they smell around the real ocean. real nice when they come out of the water. <laughs> so I know we had talked earlier about the about the Lego things, but there's actually a, there's an a, this weird artist guy who his name is Ego Leonard. And he's actually been creating these gigantic Lego people. Like, I'm talking these things are, like, over 10 feet tall. Yeah, they and look he's, huge. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely gigantic. Now, a lot of the time, they, they were be, being found on beaches in Tokyo. Uh, they found one in Florida. Mm-hmm. And they thought that it possibly, you know, had floated away uh, during, you know, like, Hurricane Katrina and stuff. From some, like, from, Lego store because they, Well, they were building Legoland in yeah, Florida yeah, yeah. at the time. So they thought that maybe it, Florida. like, floated away yeah. from Florida. Flor- Florida. So they thought it floated away. But actually, it turns out it is just this, uh, just this artist who is creating okay. these and leaving them on beaches. So it's similar to the, the callback to the, uh, the Moe Head prankster guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who he made uh, a fake Moe head mm-hmm. and put it on some random beach and said that it possibly washed up from Easter Island. Didn't they? I mean, how quickly did they debunk that? Pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> the carbon dating. I mean, yeah. How would stone float along exactly. the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> that stone floated. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So they're finding the big giant yellow-headed 
Lego men, you know, at a few different beaches around. So I just thought that was really neat and a kind yeah. of a companion to the Legos that are floating up. Right, you know? right, gotcha. So, Jason, uh, just to end the episode, there was something that you were talking about, like a like a story or something mm-hmm. that you yeah. wanted to tell us about your It's a your family, family member that was washed Does it ashore. have anything to do with a goat? No, it has Thank whales. Thank God. It's got okay. a lot to do with whales. He was he was basically Ambergris, but it, I... <laughs> is that his name? Yeah, no, I don't know what his name was. Ambergris Kaveen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We In my family lore, there's, there's a tale and... It might be false. I don't know. But uh, late 1800s, there was a family member that was a whaler out in New England somewhere. And he was swallowed by a whale and either pooped out or barfed out alive. And I don't know what the duration of time was that passed between being swallowed and being found or washed ashore. Uh But um, I did see a newspaper clip in regards to this. And that's the only validation that I have to make me... Stand fast and believe that, that 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 actually happened. So he was alive when he hit the beach. He was alive. Yes, he he lived. So he did. Okay. Was he, it was his name Jonah Kavine? <laughs> no, no, no. I, Geppetto Kavine? I don't know if this is just like a prank where you can go somewhere and get like a newspaper writ- written in like old you know old style and right. well, show I mean, it to your family and but i don't know i mean did it looked happen official. like early 1900s or something late 1800s from my understanding and it was like an uncle a great great uncle or something like that and i don't know the specifics because it's been a few years right right but the, i mean the the gist of the story was he went in eaten by a whale came out came out alive <laughs> right <laughs> smelled slightly of whale stomach <laughs> Very, very, <laughs> an, old, an old squid right. beaks. <laughs> old squid beaks. That's yeah. gonna be my new nickname. Old squid beak. <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. <laughs> Smelling good today, old squid beak. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of sounds like a whale of a tail to me. I agree. I agree. I but, agree. You know, I've, I've I've held fast to my knowledge of this every every year. That's. I mean, I don't know how it would physically be possible. No, but if there's ever a family it would happen to, it's ours. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you have quite a few stories in your yeah. in, in your lexicon there. I know. Yeah. I know. So for your for your family. Yeah. All right, Curiosos. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Washed Ashore. Uh, we hope that you find something awesome on your beaches. Maybe a fossil. I found a fossil one time. Oh, there's tons. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons. Megalodon tooth. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. shark teeth. You I was know. in Colorado in the mountains, and I was finding seashells. <laughs> so you can find them anywhere. Yeah, let's hope you find something really cool that washes ashore. Baltimore trash wheel. Which balls? <laughs> which, which balls? W-H-I-C-H. Which balls? <laughs> the bunghole. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of thecurioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. 
Have you been down to Ocean City? I know of you have. I have. Yeah. On the boardwalk, at a few places, <laughs> there's these gigantic like um, fiberglass lemons or whatever, and the top opens. They close it up at night, and the top opens, and they serve lemonade Is during the day. Sea clam? Yeah. It, it, it closes I can't at night. I've ever seen one of those. It closes at night because there's nobody to work at it. Night. <laughs> oh, so it's a booth? Yeah. That's what, oh, yeah, that's what he said. Jesus Christ. I thought you were talking like it's a giant lemon clam that like squirts <laughs> juice at people. Business is open. I mean, <laughs> it's my business. Squirts. It's kind of like that. But is no, it I mean, like that. Yeah, except for it has a Russian accent. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Because they're Danishian. Hello. Hello. Donkey balls. Kettle corn. Ambergris. Ambergris? Ambergris. Shanty. (laughs) Down the ocean. Is there two D's in that? Down D? That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Is it? Yep. (laughs) I thought it was Downy, like Robert Downy. Down the ocean. I always say Downy. I didn't know there was another D going in there. Going down the ocean. Down D. You're going to D ocean. You're going, oh, to, going ocean. to D ocean. Down D ocean. Yep, you got it. Gotcha. Going down the ocean. Going down the ocean on. Yeah. yeah. Mostly moan. Mostly moan. Mostly known. <laughs> no, that's, that's another fr- a kid's friend of mine. Mostly known.